Coffee and Cream with Rogers and Benning on Herd at Sports Radio. It's got to come from them, right? I mean, it's it's got to um, from any individual. I mean, I've tried, and I, I can I've tried to uh, you know make guys love football, have enthusiasm, attack each day with an enthusiasm unknown to mankind, make them love football, everything in my power. And I've come to the realization that it's, it's got to come from, it's got to come from the individual, no matter how, how hard you try. Welcome back, Coffee and Cream. Damon Benning, Andrew Rogers. We are live from the H&H Chevrolet stage at the Hernan Sports Bar and Grill in progress. Renovation. Did you see the sign? Here. Uh, I saw it from a photo, but I haven't seen it yet in person. Yeah. They're putting it up, but I don't really want to walk outside. It's, no, it's, it's, it's miserable it's, outside. It's, it's, it's thick out there. I'm like, ah, if I'm going outside, I'm going to my car, and I am driving <laughs> away. So right now, I am just staying inside so I can finish the show because I think that's what everybody wants from me at, at the end here. But, yeah, no, um, we are, and I'm going to tell your boy Thomas here, live on Twitter, live on YouTube. The Herd at Sports YouTube page. We're on ESPN 590 here in town, starting at 9 o'clock, KFOR in Lincoln, so you can catch us there as well. We continue the Big Ten whip with Aaron McMahon, Michigan football beat writer for M Live at Aaron McMahon on Twitter. Aaron, good morning. Good morning, guys. Good hey, Aaron, good morning to you. Good morning. Now, Aaron, you know, news coming out yesterday. Uh, of course, uh, the thing on everybody's mind outside of the literal football season in Michigan is what's going on with Jim Harbaugh. What games is he coaching? What games is he not? Is he getting suspended at all? Is he not? Well, Michigan releases a statement saying we'll do the suspension for the NCAA, maybe to get in their good graces. And uh, you know what? We'll just hand them three games, which if, if you don't know anything about Michigan's college football schedule you're like three games okay like he violated something he got suspended but then if you look at the three games he's suspended for it's like is he really suspended for three games or is he just going to watch from the sidelines as they take on their non-conference opponents all all everything that you know right Aaron would you say this is the end of it or do you believe there's more to come and we just don't know the exact timeline on that yeah, no, I, I think it's clear there's more to come here. I, I think this was kind of a preemptive strike from Michigan to try and get the, um, you know, to try and get the suspension at least partially over with. Um, you got to remember, uh, you know, a few weeks ago, Michigan submitted this negotiated resolution to the NCAA to try to get the four games. Um, because I think the, uh, the assumption is it's going to be more than that if it was up to the NCAA. So the fact that that negotiated resolution was denied, doesn't mean the NCAA is probably eyeing six or potentially more games. So I think this is Michigan's way of saying, all right, if you're going to give us six, then we'll try and take three out now. And then I, I think the assumption is they'll probably, you know, uh, leave three or four net for next season, like, again, during the non-conference schedule. Aaron, listen, I, I always ask people, like, I, you know, my thing is, is the juice worth the squeeze? And I get it, right? I don't think the NCAA was, was really um, handled this situation well. They're the ones that could release the statement. Michigan can't. But I'm in Indy, right? I'm talking to Coach Harbaugh. I, I get the vibe before he takes the podium. There is this certain level of, of confidence um, that he exudes as if it's not a rub your face in it, but he is his own guy. 
So as you're watching a team that is built for the long haul, that is extremely good, coming off back-to-back wins against a rival and representing the conference, is the juice worth the squeeze from a distraction standpoint? Because at the end of the day, you know the reward. Yeah, if you're if you're Jim Harbaugh, yes, um, I, I do think for Michigan, the, the school and the institution, I, I I do think that they they would prefer not to be in this situation. They obviously don't want to face penalties and they don't want to face all this NCAA scrutiny that that comes across that comes to the attention. Um, but I, I got to think, you know, if, if Jim Harbaugh and Michigan were in a different situation, whereas you know they weren't coming off back to back Big Ten titles and playoff appearances i, I got to wonder what this would look like just from a from an optic standpoint not only this but michigan's had their share of off the field headlines this season yeah. for other reasons too so it it, it certainly hasn't been a, a sparkling last you know 12 months for this program they've had a lot of issues um yet they continue to win and i think that's really what's kind of keeping um the, the train on the track so to speak you know, everyone wants to talk about culture inside a football program and everything else and i think a lot of that stems from whether you win or lose on the field and Michigan's done a lot of that the last two years. So uh, you, uh, I remember doing the broadcast for the network uh, in Ann Arbor against Nebraska and got a chance to talk with Ward Manuel and um, just listening to him over the last couple of years since taking the job. He seems to be the antithesis of, of, of drama, extracurricular. He's, he carries himself with this presence like there's a certain way to do things. When you look at the relationship between an athletic director and – their head coach, can you have common vision without necessarily having the same shared language? Yeah, I, I do think so. And I think in some regard, if you're an athletic director, you do have to put up with some of the stuff that maybe some of your high-profile coaches get away with. It doesn't seem too Jawan Howardish either, right? So you're probably right. <laughs> exactly, right? You know, and Jim isn't the only one that's kind of created headlines for negative reasons at Michigan. So I think in some regards, you know, Ward's had to put up with some of the stuff. You know, obviously they don't have, you know, shared beliefs in some in some cases. And, yeah, you're right. Ward's kind of more of a behind-the-scenes, hands-off type of athletic director who kind of works, you know, behind closed doors. Um, and Jim likes to be in the limelight. You know, he said as much when he first got to Michigan. He likes driving headlines. He likes driving attention. Now, obviously, you want to do that for, for positive reasons and not negative ones. But nonetheless, I mean, it all goes back to whether you win, win, win on the field. And, and they've certainly been able to do that the last, the last two years. So as I'm sitting here thinking, Aaron, uh, just more about this suspension, I want to think maybe from the NCAA perspective, uh, do you think they're thinking right now we can't let other programs think this is okay so we need to make an example out of Jim Harbaugh? Yeah, there might be some of that. You know, Michigan certainly isn't the, the first, wouldn't be the first school to stub their, their, you know, their nose at the NCAA. Other schools have done it, you know, to some success and some degree of, of challenge as well. Um, I, I think where Jim and, and Jim really messed up here is, you know, the allegations that he lied or misled NC investigators. You know, Michigan as a whole, the program, facing a bunch of level two violations which aren't the most serious they're not like they're, you know there there are a couple of recruiting violations and they watch some recru- they watch some uh, workouts through zoom during the covid period so not huge deals um and if michigan and jim harbaugh had just come clean from the get-go they probably would have gotten a slap on the wrist and maybe some scholarship productions but the fact the ncaa feels like jim harbaugh lied to them i i think is you know it goes to the old adage right to cover up sometimes sometimes is worse than the crime and, and I think that's where the NCAA is, is really, um, you know, peeved at Harbaugh. Um, it hasn't helped that this narrative has come out that, that this is over cheeseburger, Jim Harbaugh buying a recruited cheeseburger. And while that may have been part of it, 
there, there's obviously more to this story, and that's, I think that's what the NCAA was trying to get across in their statement. Aaron, the, the crazy thing is, is on the field, uh, this team could be lights really out. Good. If you get production outside the numbers uh, and you get some quarterback progress, I got a couple buddies, a few former players that are very familiar with this football team. They tell me that this top six along the defensive line has a chance to be the best maybe in school history with their depth and certainly the best in the Big Ten and maybe the country. Are we missing the narrative? Is there a blessing in disguise that there's distractions with the NCAA, but on the field this team can be extremely legit? Yeah, I, th- I think that's valid, and I have to think behind the scenes, Jim Harbaugh is, is trying to motivate his team to believe that way, to avoid the distractions and use it to channel it into energy and to win football games and, and everything else. You know, Jim has said that he believes this is his most talented and, and deep Michigan football team. He's had, he's gotten Ann Arbor, which is saying quite a bit because he has some real good teams in the first couple of years. So, and then obviously the last two years, as we all know. So they, they're, they're all stacked on both sides of the ball. You mentioned the defensive line. They, they can be very good. they got a potential first-round pick in Chris Jenkins at tackle. And, you know, we're not even talking about the offensive line and, and how, they've, how they've done. The running backs are back. The quarterback's back. Uh, they've got a lot of weapons on this team, and I, I don't think there's any reason why they shouldn't be able to run through the Big Ten again, again this fall. What's it like covering a team with a win total of 10.5? <laughs> well, I will say this. For whatever their win total is, the fan base here in Ann Arbor cares a whole lot. Um, it could be seven and a half. It could be eight and a half. It could be eleven and a half. And folks will still pack the Michigan, the big house. They will still show up in droves. Michigan will remain one of the highest watched college, most watched college football teams in the country. Uh, it comes to the territory. They have a huge alumni base, uh, a lot of dedicated football fans, and you've got a head coach, as you guys have know, who's uh, who's well known and, and likes to uh, generate interest. Aaron, how did Harbaugh? Seemingly be distracted in the off season with a couple of job offers. You come back late. You, you, in a, like a thief in the night, you, you kick Don Brown out. You, you get rid of Gaddis, and he was supposed to be, a, you know, one man's trash is another man's treasure. And you haven't skipped a beat. You're better than you were two years ago. Testament to Harbaugh. Yeah. How did it happen seemingly with the blink of an eye? It, just that. I, I think Jim realized that what he knows best and what he does best is what they should have, should have done from the get-go, right? They brought in Gaddis, as you mentioned, and they tried to go to this kind of open, open-ended offense, kind of a spread-style scheme, and it just didn't work. Um, just from a schematic standpoint, player personnel, they couldn't recruit to maybe you know, the skill guys that Ohio State could get. So when everyone's digging, Jim Harbaugh essentially zagged. He went back to his roots and then the ground-and-pound style of football, running the ball, uh, winning in the trenches, and, and, every, and et cetera. And then I think that's been their kind of change the, the last couple of years. And you mentioned Don Brown and firing his defensive coordinator, and it, he brought in a, a smart a smart guy from the NFL, Mike McDonald. He's been in the Ravens organization. He kind of deployed this versatile um, defense that wasn't just kind of uh, one-dimensional, and, it, and they are able to slow Ohio State down, and that was the difference in, I think, flipping their, their Big Ten ritual. I got a quick one here for you, Aaron. If you guys have a Heisman winner on this team, is it Blake Corum or J.J. McCarthy? I, I think J.J. McCarthy. And I, say I agree. I, 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 I think the offense is still going to run the football, but they're going to have to split carries with, with Corum and Edwards this year. So I just don't think Corum's numbers are going to be there like they were last year. Completely agree. Aaron McMahon, appreciate the time, man. Enjoy the week. Fantastic stuff, Aaron.
Thank you. Thanks for having me. He's a Michigan football beat writer for M Live. When we come back, Mike Schaefer, we talk our Nebraska guy next.